You're listening to the All Systems Go podcast, the show that teaches you everything you need to know to put your business on autopilot. Learn how to deploy automated marketing and sales systems in your business the right way with your host, the professor of automation himself and founder of Automation Bridge, Chris Davis. Welcome to the All Systems Go podcast. I'm your host, Chris L. Davis, the founder and chief automation officer of Automation Bridge, the place online to learn about small business marketing and sales automation, where we focus on not just turning digital marketing professionals into automation service providers, but equipping them with the tutelage, the the acumen, the curriculum, the resources, the community to become an automation service provider. And if you like to become one or find out more about our automation packages, go to all systems, If you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and share at the time of recording. This, the all systems go podcast is free to subscribe to. So you can find this show on all main podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. If you're new to the podcast, let me first say welcome. I want you to listen to this episode in its entirety before you subscribe so you know just what you're getting into. But for those of you who have been listening and are not subscribed, please do so. If you haven't left a five star rating and review It would be greatly appreciated if you do that as well. If for whatever reason you're having troubles leaving a review in the platform that you're listening to this podcast in, we've got you covered. Automationbridge.com forward slash review and we'll take care of it for you. Okay, this episode, this episode, I get to have an open conversation with a co-founder. I had the privilege to personally work with to scale their e-commerce business with automated email marketing. And it, a pleasure would be an understatement, but I <laughs> I had the joy of meeting Eric while I was conducting a live workshop. And when the opportunity presented itself to jump on board and help, I did. And I'm so glad I did as the results and the relationship was well worth it. You'll learn about it in the podcast. But as the co-founder and VP of marketing, Eric oversees GiddyUp's global brand marketing and positioning strategy. Since 2013, they've launched over 150 direct-to-consumer brands. They've acquired millions of customers across the globe and profitably driven $1 billion plus in sales for their brand and partners on 100% commission only. It is an amazing business model, how they've done it is homage to just effective marketing, (laughs) effective strategic marketing where you get paid to perform. I absolutely love it. Um, When I heard about the model, I was like, this is amazing. That's my whole career has always been paid to perform. So it resonated with me, the work that we were able to accomplish. You all will hear it in this episode. So let me not belabor it anymore. Enjoy the conversation between Eric and I. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Long time coming. We've both been looking forward to it. How you doing, man? Dude, so great. Great to be here, man. It's been way too long. Um, 
and just excited for the conversation and to uh, to chat with you again, man. Yeah. So listeners, you're in for a treat. Um, Eric and I work together closely and doing r- real deep marketing. So some of the conversations that we've had, Eric, I, I think if you could record some of the meetings that we've had and even just some of our side conversations, it's probably like a vault of just probably millions and millions of, of marketing acumen and, you know. <laughs> All know, types of stuff, man. right? So, so tell our listeners, um, tell us, tell us about you as the co-founder, and I want you to touch on both businesses that you guys have, or um, let, let me say, Giddy Up primarily, and then the the My Daily Discovery piece. Um, let us know again a little bit about you and in, in, in those two businesses. Yeah, sure. Um, so GiddyUp is a partner marketing network and a performance platform. And so what we do is we help create performance partnerships between innovative direct-to-consumer brands and some of the top marketers around the world. Um, and everything is done in a partnership performance basis. So, you know, kind of what that means is like as a brand, normally when you're focused on uh, customer acquisition and growing your business, the traditional model is normally either doing it yourself, building a team, which can be really expensive and risky, or you yeah. go with an agency and you know, you're paying retainers, you're paying upfront fees or percentage of spend. And, you know, there's just also there's just a lot of, of risk associated with that, mostly because the models are just really um they're misaligned in terms of the incentives, right? Like if you're paying someone to spend more, they're more more than likely going to spend more instead of trying to figure out how to be more profitable. But also, you know, one of the things that we realized when we were coming into the business is that um, you're really only working with one brain and whether that's like your team, you know, who's trying to figure out how to create content and funnels to scale your business or an agency, it's, it's really hard to crack the code with all the variables and all the different ways that you can market. Yeah. And so what we see is a much more decentralized and democratized ecosystem for marketing um, that creates win-wins for both sides. So the way that our model works is, you know, we uh, work with direct-to-consumer innovative brands. We invest all of our time, all of our capital into building everything they need to acquire customers online. Um, they don't pay for anything up front. Um, and then we connect them with these marketers who spend their own time, their own capital, buying media, figuring out all the best angles, all the best landing pages, the best offers, and um, driving traffic to the funnels we build and only get paid for the sales that um, that they drive. And so, you know, it's just a it's a really amazing model because you're working with experts who are specifically experienced in channels like YouTube. That's all they do yeah. and or native advertising or this and that. And also globally, like people that are in Italy that know how to market to Italy on Facebook. And it's just an incredible model because it's highly scalable. It's, it's completely on performance, zero risk. And, um, and it's 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 a beautiful thing in in uh, in our experience to kind of see what these two groups of people can do together when the incentives are aligned and they both have the tools to be successful. So absolutely, um, that's really what we're focused on. You know, at Giddy Up is how do we scale performance partnerships? We believe that's the future of advertising yep. Is, yep. is is creating that. And then you know, this probably about a year and a half ago, we we created a direct to consumer property called My Daily Discovery. Um, and really that was our focus on 
how to create, um, how to inspire and empower people to live a little better and doing that through a combination of content and commerce. And so um, we really started off with email uh, and that's where, you know, you and I uh, and the team started working together, yes. um, but really focused on how do you create an amazing, like highly valuable content that gets people excited about opening your email. Not like every day I see this email come in my inbox and it's just another promotion and I start to ignore it over time or it's not personalized to me. You know, we took a very methodical approach of saying, hey, we don't want to kind of go one to many. Um, we want to figure out how do we build a system, an automated system to um, really understand what people want, what they're resonating with, what, you know, what they're engaging with. Um, and create these flows that give them the most value possible and obviously leverage all of the commerce opportunities that we have to kind of fuel the entire thing. And yeah. so those are the two areas of our business. And yeah, we're just really excited about growing both of them, man. Yeah. And it's really great. And I, I want to paint the picture for you all um, on just how amazing the model is. So I, of course, I've got front row seat. I had a front row seat and, and backstage access <laughs> to the model, um, been able to sit down with Eric and Topher, the other one of the other co-founders and really map it out. And just imagine if you had a product, an idea, and you were able to at least get it in some form of production right there. Just when you think like, yes, I've done it. You're really just getting started because <laughs> what is a product without consumers to consume the product? Right. So to right. come up with the model to where you guys have the marketing force from advertising to conversion of that advertising to help that person, that that business owner say, OK, I want to get this out to as many people as possible. Don't have the cl a clue where to start, but I know this is a good product. And, and, and Giddy Up comes and says, hey, look, we're aligned. That is a good product and we're going to yeah. partner with you. We're going to take care of your landing. Just listen to this, everybody. We're going to take care of your landing page, optimized landing page, your spend. You heard Eric say they've got marketers in all types of all places of the world so that if you're marketing into us in a certain country, there's a marketer in that country, right? That can market. And it just brings in such a power, you know, and relieves such a load from that entrepreneur that was just like, whoa, I didn't realize I was going to have to do all of that after I created my product, <laughs> start making money. And, and I love thing, it, right? man. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is there's so much to actually doing the product and the brand side, right? Not yes. only coming up with the idea, which took a lot of time and effort and, you know, uh, just massaging in terms of getting it to the final place. Um, then obviously like you need to launch the business and you need to kind of have all the infrastructure in place in terms of being able to manufacture it, inventory management, customer support, you know, logistics. Yes. And that is a full-time role. And, and what I see a lot of times is people can't do both. And so they either try to do it and they fail because they're spread thin across so many different areas, or they're not marketers, but they're trying to be, yeah. or they're trying to work with agencies, but they don't understand really what they're doing. And they're paying them a lot of money on the upfront. And a lot of these companies and, and contractors on the marketing side, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate to say, but a lot of people uh, give a lot of big promises and produce very little results. And, um, it's just, I think it's because the model is just kind of completely wrong. And I think, yeah. you know, when you can work with partners, people that look at your business and say, we want to partner with you. We don't want you as a client. We don't want you as a vendor. 
but it's a partnership. When we win, you win and vice versa. Those are the things that can kind of create some pretty magical stuff when it comes to the distribution um, of that said product. And again, it's just having people that have aligned incentives with the things that matter to them also matter to you. And that's where, you know, there's just an amazing symbiotic relationship that can produce amazing results. Yeah. And and I want to say this too, you don't get there without uh, very strategic minds at the founder level, right? And I want to give insight to everybody on on, on how we met. Um, I was doing a training and Eric, for me to describe Eric as a co-founder would be somebody who's got an eye for talent and a heart to engage in the most authentic way to create a (laughs) win-win situation by any means possible, which really mirrors Gideon, right? You're creating all of these win-win scenarios. So, um, a lot of founders that you meet, especially let me just speak in my personal experience uh, and, and, and let you all know, listening, a lot of founders from afar are just great, right? The from afar founders, uh, you never meet them. Maybe you shake their hand at an event or something like that. And you're like, that's a great founder. But the true test of their leadership and, and their mettle, you know, as a founder becomes when that proximity gets closer and closer and closer. And that's where you'll see a lot of those uh, lofty ideas and perceptions of founders fail because you start to see that, wait a minute, they're, they're not as strong of a leader as, as they need to be. They don't really care about people. They're very transactional. They're, they, they, it's process over people, not people over process. So as we began to work together more and more, you pass the proximity test. <laughs> right. The closer we engaged, it was just like, man, you 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 didn't just you weren't just a hard driver for goals. You would create these stretch goals that even you and I would think like, man, do we, you think that's possible? <laughs> right. And it's just like, well, if we think it's possible, then it needs to be bigger. Right. So you had that, but you also had the ability to not lose touch with the personal side of it, the, the leadership piece that's like, OK, I know that if you're in your best head state, I'm going to get the most out of you. I'm going to get your best. And how can I create that that environment? And I'll say this one. Uh, another thing to say about you that I've learned as a founder is you're not afraid to be the quote unquote dumbest. You know, uh, let me put it like this. You're not afraid to not be the smartest person in the room. Let me let me do that. Um, so many times when we were working together, you're like, hey, um, you let's let's bring on help. Right. Let's bring on somebody that knows this area and this. And that's just so rare because a lot of times people have that ego and that pride. So just wanted to let everybody know the type of founder who's on the call today. And I want to transition into our work. So we 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 got connected because the the company was at a state where you all wanted to take advantage of email in a more profitable means. So. For all of the e-commerce brands out there, this is going to be important for you to listen to. Eric, if you take a minute and just talk about what your initial intention was when you looked for a CRM and what your initial uh, aim and and desired results were in the very beginning uh, before we connected. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so for us, uh, we didn't know what we didn't know know, in the beginning. All we knew is we had a lot of customers. We had a lot of people that were craving things and we weren't taking advantage of it at all just because it wasn't the core focus of our business. Uh, But we knew that it was valuable. Like we know how powerful email is and we know how powerful um, 
or how important customer lifetime value is, but yes. we were so focused on other areas of the business that we weren't able to allocate kind of the resources or the, the mind share to doing that until it was to the point where I was like, man, we can't ignore this anymore. We need to go, you know, head on. Um, and so really for me, I wanted to, to create something that I knew, I knew the importance of not just slamming a list, you know, with promotion after promotion after promotion. Um, you know, that we wanted to add value to these customers. We wanted to create the highest engagement, you know, possible and get people really stoked about the brand and the products and, and the mission and the yeah. vision. Um, and, you know, I really in the beginning, I was just thinking about, all right, how do we how do we connect these things? How do we develop content that does inspire people, that empowers them, that excites them and gets them to buy a ton of products, you yes. know, at the same time. Yes. And that was really kind of my goal. Like I've been very strong on the uh, creative side. I understand, you know, consumer psychology. I understand kind of what moves people to, to act, um, just coming from the direct response kind of background. Mm -hmm. um, but really all I knew is I needed to make sure that I had good deliverability I needed to make sure that, you know, I wasn't going, our, our metrics weren't going crazy in terms of spam rates and unsubscribe rates. And so a lot of just like the core health metrics that, you know, um, that were most critical to the longevity of the campaign. And in the back of my head, I'm like, also, man, segmentation, things like that would be amazing, right? Yeah. Having a much more personalized experience, but I had no idea how we were going to go get that done. Yeah. And email was a new channel to me because I've spent so much time on paid channels, yep. you know, like Facebook and YouTube and native channels and so forth. And so ended up, you know, we were on active campaign, saw that there was some kind of class happening in, in Miami, Florida yeah. and attempted to learn more. And I was ab absolutely blown away by the opportunity on how you could actually leverage automation to do so much of the heavy lifting to ensure that you're getting incredible results on the back end and yes. it's all measurable yes. and it's all um it 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 allows the system to do the hard work where you have the talented people to do the creative strategic work and when it works together man it's it's literally like music you know yep. so um that was kind of like the before and then opened my eyes and i was like all right i need to move in this direction <laughs> how do i make that happen I got to go talk to Chris. Yes, yes. And I, I, I wanted Eric to share that because so many of you are in that position that you may have a strong front end and you're trying to figure out how do I get more on the back end? How do I capitalize more? And furthermore, uh, with all of the, the marketers that love the, the annual post of email is dead, email is not. <laughs> email is very much alive. So when I got the opportunity, it was such a challenge, Eric. I was like, ooh, this is very intriguing to me, right? Because usually people are front-end focused. How can I use email on the front end to get more customers? But that was already a checkbox. There are marketing partners bringing in the customers. So now it's all back in. How do we get more out of these customers? And then an added piece to the challenge is there's no, tech, like technically there's no storefront. It's not, you know, like a place where people can go and just shop. So I'm like, ooh, just keep stacking the challenge, <laughs> right? And I'm the type yeah. of person that responds really well to those challenges. So we began to, to engage and, and do our work together. And I have to say this, one thing that you allowed, Eric, that I think more business owners and founders need to just couple into their expectation is you gave us a runway 
to truly lay out a plan, right? Like I never felt like you were not valuing planning, right? And that gave me the opportunity to not just create the written documents, but also the charts, right? The visual charts to communicate exactly what we're doing and everything, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is, I mean, it's mistakes that I've made in the past. And I also see a lot of uh, founders or, you know, senior executives make the same kind of mistake, which is you bring in amazingly smart people, hungry people, dedicated people. And then you think to yourself, well, in order to get this person off, I have to give them this plan. I have to create the processes so they know what they're doing so they can come in and act. And it's completely backwards. You know, you're bringing in smart people with experience. You just need to support them, give them the information so that they can go in and take your high level vision and bring it to life through their own vision and bring it to you and say, here's what I'm thinking, because they're coming in with a fresh perspective. You also want them to own the process, to believe in what we're doing. And you're there to kind of make sure that there's guardrails, you know, that like, we're not going to fall off a cliff based on your own experience. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, trusting your people, trusting and empowering them to go in and bring, you know, the vision to life through their own area and what they're doing is the, is the only real way to scale and to keep talented people um, happy and excited and and driven. Um, And so I just had it. It was an amazing experience with you personally, because of how, how much of a deep thinker you are and um, how you're able, you think like you're an engineer, right? So like, the way your mind works is so fascinating where like I'm talking, you know, me and Topher are very vision focused, like up in the clouds, like talking about all these crazy marketing campaigns. And as we're talking, you're just drawing on the, on the whiteboard and you're building a machine, you're building a machine as we're talking. And I'm like, Oh man, like, yes, this is exactly how it works. And like, so it was just really cool. And I think that's the power of combining you know, people to that are complementary and giving the 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 opportunity and um, the uh, the freedom to allow someone to use their mind to craft it in a way that makes sense to them and yeah. makes sense to you, so that they can go execute at the highest level possible. You know, yeah. so and it was great for me. You know, at the time I was I was in a I was coming out of a professionally we'll say a professional relationship, right? Coming out of one that I would say was fairly abusive and not in terms of like physical, but just like you can be boxed in, right? And not unleashed yeah. to be able to really let your brain go and have that level of freedom. So as you guys are in the clouds and I'm able to start pulling things down and make them visual and concretize them, um, it did it did so much because one, it allowed us to identify a realistic scope. It was like, look at all of these things we could do. This, these are some of the ways we could execute. And it's just like, well, let's scale back a little bit, <laughs> you know, let's focus on this and do that. And once we got the planning phase over. And I'll say this to to everybody listening that's that wants to work for a, a company um, or is working for one. You can be generating revenue while you're planning. Planning is it's it's not a a like a serial process where we've got to do planning, then we got to go make money. No, 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 no. You're planning and you're executing while you're planning. But essentially, what we did is that first quarter that we dedicated to planning was positioning us for the next quarter, but also getting some baseline data, right? And as we were collecting that baseline data, it was being proven by generating some revenue so that now next quarter, because we did quarterly planning, 
Um, and we made sure that the projections were not lofty. They were based on the data that we collected off the previous plan to get an understanding of what to expect going forward. So when when we say things like double the revenue every quarter or, you know, 10x, whatever, there's a huge planning effort in there. And I would love to just be like, hey, guys, I talked to them for one hour and I came up with a solution and we put the solution in place and money just kept coming out. Right. That plan allowed us to identify the people, the external people and internal people that we needed in place. It helped us get an idea of the level of effort. So now everybody on the team is aligned to what we're executing. Now it gets fun because we don't have the confusion in the way when we say, hey, look, we see a huge opportunity with segmentation. We've got all these leads. We're only emailing maybe 10 to 20 percent of them, which, right, we, I created the dashboard and we could see it week over week. We were measuring these things and looking at our weekly meeting like, wait a minute. What about these other leads? How do we, <laughs> how do we start sending emails to these other leads, which then opened up segmentation and the importance of really not just understanding who's who. And we had we had um, data relative to what they purchased to start. But then you start to talk about recency and frequency. And just when you add those three, Eric, right, product purchase, recency and frequency, that's really enough to start laying your strong foundation for segmentation so that yeah. your emails can at le- at a minimum start getting delivered, <laughs> you know, and read and opened. Right. I think that's a good point because, you know, that is, uh, you know, when I first started thinking about segmentation, again, just as like a marketer, me, I'm like, oh, we could be, you know, tracking everything that they click on and everything that they do and everything on the yeah, site. Yeah. You start creating this crazy <laughs> web of stuff that can feel overwhelming. And if you don't have the resources or the people to actually go execute that, they're like, well, what else are we going to do? But it's really like, it's like, I call it like the Tim Duncan of marketing, right? It's like Mr. Fundamentals, yeah. you know, and it's like fundamentals of automation and, and segmentation, which is really what you said is like, everybody has yeah. that information, especially if you're in the e-commerce world, right? Yeah. Like, you have what people are buying, you have how often um, they're opening your emails yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and what is their flow in terms of like, how new of a customer are they? How long have they seen, how, how long have they experienced your content and being able to segment them based on that behavior alone, which is much more like, there's a lot to it, but it's, it's much more simplistic and focused. You can see some incredible results. I yeah. mean, our deliverability go through the roof, right? Where at first, our open rates were like, you know, 20%, which is good, but, or maybe it was like, actually it started at like 15%. Yeah, it was lower, yeah. And I think we ended at like 38%. Yes. And, now we're and still just going. for context, everybody, this, we're not talking about a small database of 10,000 customers. <laughs> we're not talking about, we're, we're, we're talking a quarter million and above database size of emailing. So it's hard. It's Buyers, you know, right? Yeah, it's hard to maintain a strong open rates when your database starts to grow in the quarter millions okay. and beyond. Yeah, and I think that just comes down to yeah, not treating everybody exactly the same, even though that is the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just some simple things that you could do in terms of the people that have opened in the last thirty days. Yes. You know, like people that have purchased in the last thirty days. Like all these things are actually 
easy to easier than ever to implement now, even through some of the tools that are available to marketers, right? Yeah. Um, when you want to go deeper and you want to have a structure, it's good to make sure you have number one, have that plan ahead of time, map some things out, make sure you yeah. understand what your goals are, what business questions are you are you um, trying to answer. Um, but really like in, in 2021, there's, there's no excuse to do that, to not do that level of segmentation. And I've seen firsthand just the power. I mean, so many marketers and business people are leaving crazy amounts of money on yes. the table by not doing any, any level of segmentation. It kind of, it boggles my mind. I mean, I get it because I was <laughs> in that situation, but now it's just like, man, there's so much information out there and so much proof. It's like, you have to be, you have to be there. Yeah. You know, you have and that's what I loved about what I love about our journey together was that it was, it was exploratory for the both of us, honestly, because I'd done se- deep segmentation for in other business settings. So I knew it worked, but I'm always surprised at how well it works depending on the business state as well. So the first time I got to be able to go in deep with the e-commerce company was with you all. So as we, I, I just remember the calls, man, and, and the congratulatory meetings and everything, as we set these stretch goals of, hey, we did this amount this quarter, what if we double it? And what if you double it? And if you keep doubling quarter over quarter, that number gets gets big quick, right? Yeah. And making those shifts. But I'll, I'll tell you this, segmentation was the key in, in so many, in so many ways. And I think we were uh, definitely, it, it's definitely not just an easy and straightforward approach when you go deep funnel, right? Because like you said, there were all kinds of indicators that we could have been using and you would, you were, you were on the record for saying, Hey, look, I know that there's a whole lot of stuff, but let's just focus on the main thing, right? So, which was easy because some founders just get up there, hey, we could do this and do that. Are we measuring everything? So you are aware, yes, all of it's possible, but Chris, just if we stick to the main thing, I'm good with that, <laughs> right? So we were able Honestly, to do that. that can get you like, that can get you the majority of the way. Again, it's, it. it's the fundamentals, right? Yeah. And, and it's easy to get fancy and try to yeah. do a bunch of stuff. But if you're not doing the basics right, it's going to impact you every every which way down the funnel. And yes. so I appreciated that about you as well, which is like you took this approach where it's like you are an advanced automation marketer, right? Yeah. Like, you know how to do all the fancy <laughs> stuff. You're like dribbling crazy between your legs, throwing it over the back, alley-ooping. Like, you can do it all. Yeah. But you're like, no, man, let's let's focus on dribbling with two hands. <laughs> we got to be, you know, ambidextrous. Yeah. And, and I think that's so smart. And um just just super powerful and and it's good to take a step back and say don't worry about all the noise out here what are the metrics that truly matter to our success let's get good at analyzing those let's see those improve over time let's focus on those and that's how we'll see wins but if we're trying to do so much at the same time everything hurts as a process you know and i think the other thing is just measuring having the having clear kpis that you're tracking and you're being able to measure and then also I'm interested in your, in your feedback too on this, like we also implemented OKRs, right? Which is like an amazing system for setting clear objectives, but then key results that are specific and measurable and allows us to say, hey, when we complete all of these, we're going to hit our objective and it allowed us to stay focused, which is kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say automation at all, but it's, it's like a very, it's similar just on the business side in terms of a very focused approach and making sure that we're measuring the most important things and we're focused on the most important things. Yeah. And I would say this, I think we made the biggest jump 
in terms of profitability when we implemented the OKRs, right? Because yeah. it just made that that planning process easier. It was easier to get the entire the entire team aligned with uh, what's going on and, and where they played a part and more so who's responsible for what, right? Yeah. So that everybody had ownership. That's the biggest piece is, you know, when you're scaling and, and there's the this, this system is moving, if there's one little shake and there's questionable ownership, that little bitty shake starts to propagate through the system. And before you know it, that shake is now is now impacting the most critical area of the business. So knowing that, hey, look, your screw's shaking a little bit over there. Right. And, and now it's tightened up. Not even not an issue. Right. And we're yeah. able to move. And I'll say this. Um, I, I, I want to bring up some technology for a minute. And engagement segmentation and engagement tracking can be done in pretty much any platform everybody um depending on the platform it may be harder and you may need to use other tools we were using active campaign so i knew how to use the automations how to use custom fields do some date date uh time stamping and then some advanced searches for people who had done things within particular dates so really advanced stuff and i say that to say if you're if you're if you're at the level, you know, I said quarter million uh, cu- customers are higher and you're trying to uh, segment to get more engagement it's going to take beyond the basics. OK, I, I just want to preface that <laughs> it's going to take beyond the basics automation to create those segments, automation to track the engagement and then even just the logical mind to create the segment. Because we had some advanced segments, right? It was like four cases if they've done this and if they've done this and if they've done these. And those things had to be tested extensively. I've, I've, I'm on the record. I've spent up to 45 minutes building out a segment for us to mail. Now, let me ask everybody listening. Why would you, Chris, why would you spend 45 minutes on doing that? Once we had it, Eric, <laughs> once we had it. Oh, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. But I I like I like to just give people insight because I don't want them to hear about the big success. And I'll and I'll let you share what whatever you can and what you're comfortable with on, on the type of growth that we were able to achieve. But it was a major success. And the the workings of that, yes, automation played a part, but look at how we had to leverage automation. Building out a very complex segment, it's not sexy. And it gets confusing. Your brain hurts. You're like, well, should this be and or or? We've had Slack conversations. Remember, it's like, well, maybe if we switch this and to or, <laughs> you know. So I just wanted to give people insight on when you go deep funnel and you're trying to identify how to just get laser sharp with your what you're targeting and your messaging. This is the level of effort that's required, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think uh, it's it can feel overwhelming at first, especially if your mind doesn't think that way. <laughs> um, but it's it's logical in the sense where if you put in the time, yeah. um, you can definitely understand it. Um, and the reason why I think you also spent so much time on it was not necessarily just the building of it all, but the testing. Because if you go in and you're not paying attention to details, yes. and you're not you know, looking at the and versus the or in every part of the, the thing, like 
it will blow up. The one small absolutely like, issue, like coding, right? You have one bracket that's not closed and the whole thing is broken. You got to go through and really do it. So yep. doing it right, making sure you have someone that you trust that can come in and implement it for you. But I think the other thing, right? And and um, I think the the power was that we didn't just do automation for automation purposes, that's right? It. That's we it. did it to meet a specific business objective yeah. or a question that we were trying to answer yeah. or something that we were trying to, uh, a metric that we were trying to move the needle on in a positive way. Yeah. And then we did that. And then we looked very closely at how that was being impacted by that automation. And I think it's easy to say in this world of, you know, everyone talking about automation or whatever this and that, like to get lost in just doing it because it's expected or it's the cool thing to do or whatever else and not having the planning that says, Hey, we're doing this for this reason. And we're actually going to, you know, track that and make sure things are moving in a positive direction. And if not, what do we need to tweak? What do we need to go back yep. and update? Um, but yeah, it is a powerful thing. And also just, I, I know I keep reiterating this, but again, like it is complex as you go into the, to the more deeper automations, but you didn't start there. We didn't start off mm -mm. building that great thing. Mm -mm. We started off with the basics yep. because that's like, it's like everything else, right? It's like, uh, and again, we're talking, we talk a lot about basketball, yeah, right? Yeah. The way that I think about it is like, it's like a tying your shoelaces, right? Like if you don't tie your shoelaces <laughs> properly, so many bad things can happen as a result of that. You go and sprain your ankle, you're yep. tripping over, you injure somebody else. Like, it all starts with your shoelaces, man. Yeah. And that's like, that's where I think that it's like, it's not the sexy thing to do, yeah. but it's so critical. It's like the foundation of your home. Um, I love and, that. And then once you do that, man, the stuff that you do when you come in and work your magic and start building more complex plays and systems and all these things, like it's because you did the bottom part so effectively that, that you're able to do that. Because if not, it would be a cluster. Like I would be going and be like, what the hell is happening? And what, what is the reason for it? It's not just yep. because of this, but maybe there's issues everywhere in, in the, in the system. And yep. so, um, yeah, man, it, it is a beast of a thing. Um, but man, it's, it's powerful because when you get it right, you start seeing compounding results over time that you could have never believed were possible without continuing to add bandwidth and resources where when you marry uh, automation with really smart people, you can keep a lean team and yep. still start growing at rates that are unprecedented. And I think that's what we experienced too, right? Absolutely. We had a very small team, yep. you know, for the amount of growth and revenue and work that we were doing. And it's because we, we, we really planned and automated in a very strategic uh way yep. you know yep absolutely so. man absolutely so um in our in our last few moments man you know i know we you've got to take off and i want to be respectful of, of the, my listeners time um share share whatever you're comfortable with eric in terms of the the type of growth um whether it's you know leads revenue whatever the case is that that you experienced with, with some of the with, with the work that we we're able to do together man yeah, absolutely. So um, it it started off as, you know, we were getting customers coming in. We had a lot of like older customers that, yep. you know, we hadn't engaged with in a while, but, you know, we're in a really unique position and where acquisition is something that we focus heavily on. So we had a lot of new customers coming yep. in. I think at first, you know, we didn't really know, this is pre-Chris, we really didn't know <laughs> what we were doing. We were trying to figure it out. Um, you know, we were generating revenue because these are buyers, but 
our spam rates, our unsubscribe rates, like our deliverability, all the things that matter for the long term, just we're not in a place to scale. You know, we ran into a bunch of issues. It was causing a lot of work and time. Um, but, you know, from there, I think we were able to grow in each of the most critical areas, which is like, you know, now um, in terms of our list, we're over half a million, you know, um, subscribers uh, that yes. are super active. Our open rates are, you know, in some segments as high as 45%. Love it, man. Um, clear rates over 10%, unsubscribes under point half a percent, spam rates under 0.01%, like in an amazing spot. And we're still as lean of a team as we've ever been. Um, and, you know, we, we're just continuing to grow. Like what we really pay attention to is, yeah, we have like overall revenue goals, but really we, we look at our revenue per open and our revenue per subscriber. Yep. And we've been able to pretty much double that, you know, year over year. And so yes. uh, that's been absolutely powerful. And that's, that's basically through this strategy of putting the right product, giving the right product to the right person at the right time. Yep. Uh, and using automation to do that. So you're not going crazy in your head with 500,000 people trying to figure out what they want, what they need. Um, But you are systematically providing that, which adds more value to them, which makes them want to open more of your emails, um, which gives you a a, a bigger opportunity to stay top of mind and generate sales. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing ride. I think we're just getting started. Absolutely. and, uh, you know, we're super grateful for all the work that we were able to do with you. Um, you're like a Jedi in the, <laughs> in the world of automation. And, um, yeah, the sky's the limit now, you know. So it's, it's really now that you have a, a, a machine, a system, it's like now what are the tweaks that we can make there to we see go. Act and and that's what we're excited about working on in the future. So I love it, man. I love it. Well, this this podcast, of course, was just as enjoyable recording as in any of our time together, man. Any of our time together. So I appreciate it. Um, I would be remiss without allowing our listeners to at least know where can they go to find out more about GiddyUp, experience some of the the innovative products that you guys have to offer. Um, where can they go, Eric? Yeah. So our, our uh you know, the giddy up site is giddyup.io. Um, there's a lot. We just did a whole new brand and a lot of really cool information there that you can kind of sink your teeth into, whether you're a brand or a marketer. Um, and then my daily discovery, it's new, we're growing it. We're it's also a new brand that we're kind of launching in this space. And um, you can see a lot of the cool products that we have there, which are all from real brands who are, you know, on a mission to help improve people's lives. And they have great you know, great founders, great stories, and uh, they they just, they do what they say. And so they're just, it's it's an incredible community to be a part of. So I definitely highly recommend you go and, and check that out. And if you want to connect with me, best place is, is usually on LinkedIn. Um, so hit me up and I look forward to, you know, chatting with you guys. And if I can be helpful at all, you know, just let me know and I'm, I'm down to, uh, down to help out. So great, great. Well, I appreciate it. As always, everybody, those links will be in the show notes in case your thumbs weren't fast enough on your mobile phone right now. <laughs> so they'll be in the show notes. So you can just click away. Um, Eric, thank you, man. Thank you. This has been great. Glad to have you on the podcast. And overall, man, just glad to know you. Send my send my thanks, warm welcomes, and I miss you to Topher and Leo. Um, you know, the, you, that was the trio, man, that really <laughs> that got everything kickstarted. So uh, I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity, man. And thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Thanks, man. 
Likewise. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the All Systems Go podcast. We just peeled back the curtain just a bit, just a bit at when you when you combine a a co-founder, a visionary who's willing to invest not only in the people, but all of the resources those people may need invest in finding the, the right people, the perfect person for the position and not holding back, not holding back. Um, Eric swung for the fences. And when I saw him swing, I wanted to get behind and support that. And collectively, not just myself and Eric, but the entire team, um, we were able to produce massive results for a lot of people in e-commerce. Success with automation eludes them. So some of the keys that I want to just highlight really quick is you want to make sure you have proper planning in place. You want to make sure that you have vision casting. So someone needs to cast the vision quarterly, annually, whatever the case may be. Then you need to take that down and to break break it into a plan that we can that you can start to see the role that automation plays. Okay, and this this goes across all businesses, but specifically to e-commerce, you really have to have a strategy for your customers. And that strategy needs to be stronger than the strategy for your leads. Okay, this podcast is exemplary of marketing to customers only and the results that we were were able to achieve were amazing. So just a few more pointers. I know we dropped a lot in the episode, but I I don't want you to leave without that um, because I see there's a a wave of e-commerce happening right now in the industry. So I want you all to be able to understand what it's going to take to leverage automation in a way that's going to scale your business and increase your profitability and the lifetime customer value of every customer that you're paying to, to, to acquire. All right. So share this with anybody who owns an e-commerce website. If you're confused in any capacity, just think of it this way. Have, do they use WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento? <laughs> I, I, those are the, the real heavy hitters. Um, but mostly you're going to hear Shopify. So if you've heard them say that, share this podcast with them. Simple. If somebody has said, I use Shopify, I'm looking into Shopify, I use WooCommerce. Oh, we use BigCommerce. Oh, we sell online. Dare I throw Volusion in there? Okay. Anybody selling products online, make sure you share this, this podcast with them and make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you subscribe and you leave a five star rating and review. For those of my first time listeners, this is my invitation. I promised you at the top. Here's the invitation. Come on. (laughs) Join the family of listeners, small business owners who are who are dedicated to equipping themselves with all that is needed to to grow your business responsibly online in an automated fashion, because we're dedicated at Automation Bridge to training digital marketing professionals to become automation service providers so that we can meet these small business needs, needs of deploying automated automated marketing and sales systems in their business for rapid growth. But it takes someone that understands marketing strategy in the third, the um, let me say marketing and sales technology terrain, how to put those together and make systems. So we've made it easy for you, everybody. If you're like, hey, I want to be an automation service provider. Hey, I want to find out more. We've made it easy for you to get everything that you need. If you go to the if you go to all systems, go podcast.com, you get access not just to the latest episodes, you'll get access to view our automation packages. OK, and these packages are catered to helping you put automated marketing and sales systems in your business over the next six months. We have a free Facebook group. 
that you can get access to. You can also request to be a guest or refer someone to be a guest on the podcast in any resource or training we mentioned on the podcast. It's all there for simplification purposes. One URL gets you access to it to it all. And that's all systems go podcast.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And until next time, I see you online. Automate responsibly, my friends.